With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, okay. 
about to blow up I just thought you should know I know you remember when I blown up But then I might have to go Baby, I'm about to blow up I just thought you should know I know you remember when I blown up But then I might have to go Like, terribly. 
and I'm still performing, pushing myself, and a very confused merit throughout the scene. I don't know what I'm saying. I I was not really in control of what I said. I my voice sounded flat and mechanical, but we went on because I didn't know how to stop. <laughs> I I remember the director shouting at me, not unusual for that ass, but unexpected in front of an audience, and then I heard him tell the crowd that the show was canceled. What? And then we went to the hospital. Someone asked for my cell phone to get my emergency numbers, my family, and I couldn't use my left hand. My time at the hospital is remembered, if at all, in flashes, a snapshot, <clears throat> jagged shards of recollection. They add up, I guess. For instance, as appreciative as I am to the staff of the ER, why do they ask questions if they aren't going to listen? My favorite was the medical history drill. Is there a chance you could be pregnant? Not without a miracle. What was that? Beg pardon? They talk in fevered, whispered, hushed tones amongst themselves. Is she pregnant? She must be pregnant. She might be. We need to know if she's pregnant. Hello? Did you notice a bright star or three wise men following me in here? Then there was the CT scan. I told them I was claustrophobic. I told them, yet they were surprised and angry when they had to pull me out and sedate me. And let me add that sedated does not equal deaf or unconscious or oblivious or stupid. I heard the cheery instruction that someone needed to notify my next of kin. Gee, thanks. Just because someone lies at the brink of becoming a human-sized can of V8 juice or snappy palm, as I prefer, does not mean they're not there. They are. I was largely out of it, I mean, really out of it for about a week. But a few things stand out in vivid technicolors, such as the exorcist who came to administer the last rite, which also go under the fuzzy title of extreme unction. <laughs> this particular priest, I would have found frightening if it, I hadn't been immobile and really thirsty. Dressed entirely in black, he gazed dolefully in my direction, advanced slowly for added drama, I suspect, then loomed over my face and intoned, Would you like to discuss your mortal sin? I wondered what was next, a pop quiz? Maybe a PowerPoint presentation? Other moments and thoughts. <clears throat> That somehow rise to the top of the murky soup of that period include uh, the realization that a week into this picnic I still had stage makeup caked all over my face, that watching SpongeBob SquarePants is infinitely more enjoyable on morphine, that all the time, day in, day out, I was cold, that even though the whole initial episode sometimes seemed like an elaborate joke, it was unlikely to be so. For reasons of logistics, if nothing else, it would have been it would have taken I don't know, it would have taken a lot of planning to set up the intracranial bleed, the projectile vomiting, the care flight priest, <laughs> my brother appearing at my bedside to read from a Harry Potter book. I don't know anyone that organized that, that if anyone ever comes your way using the phrase blended diet, get the hell out of there. If you can move, that is. My introduction to this was a tall glass of warm beet puree. This has improved so mightily over beets in any other configuration. Other treats from the Devil's Cuisinart included blended tossed salad, mm, liquefied lettuce, 
with a piquant hint of ranch dressing and the lasting indignity of needing to ask, may I please have another sip of cake? The less said about my demoralizing assistant showers, the better. In my memory, it looms as the cruel mix of some 1950s hydrotherapy and the barren enclosure where they give circus animals a good hosing off. I'm not a big fan of rehabilitation therapy at first. In the best of times, I don't suffer full gladly, so... Besides, I still felt in moments this was all part of a big room. But maybe I was at the center of an episode of Pumps. The first therapist came to me, her arms laden with paperwork. I said, um, I may not be up to lots of administrative work, uh, quite yet. Well, this is what I wanted to say. I couldn't, you see. Because the left side of my face was paralyzed. My speech was difficult and uncharacteristically terse. I think Clint Eastwood walked off. The next therapist asked me to examine a photograph and identify the five things wrong with it. I said I couldn't. She asked why. Because there are six, I told her. She was unamused. Unsurprisingly, this was the same young woman who one day appeared at me over her clipboard and asked if my parents were still Hispanic. I found more reward in my sessions with a neurologist named, bless his heart, Dr. Slitter. One afternoon, I was speaking more easily by this time. He asked if I could explain the significance of Hamlet's soliloquy. Since I had written my thesis on the play, I was glad to oblige, and we had a nice conversation. Around this time, I began to hear many of the personnel refer to me as high-functioning. That's great. <laughs> I longed to shout, I have two master's degrees. I'm still not deaf. I decided, however, this would be impolite and kept my mouth shut. In time, I soon deduced high-functioning. Remember, that much of their chatter was coded conversation for isn't there some other hospital that can take the crack of this vile, overeducated bitch? And so, at my prodding, they made contact with Fort Worth's Dr. Robert Nieto, a friend and neurologist and playwright, as it happened. Shortly thereafter, I found myself being packaged and airlifted back to Texas, closer to my family and a doctor who knew me, who understood my temperament and who just might, in time, give me a few answers in return for the millions of questions I'd been asked. But first, of course, I had to tell my story to a whole new cadre of nurses, therapists, secretaries, etc. Had I actually died and gone to hell? <laughs> I considered this scenario quite seriously for a few days. The warm beat puree <clears throat> gave credence to the idea, but I finally decided that it was ruled out by the absence of animatronic children singing at Small World after all. Post-brain trauma therapy only sounds like a self-important rock band. It's actually... <laughs> it's, ugh, it's actually an avenue of treatment designed to make a given patient functional and even attempt to bring the individual's abilities back to pre-trauma levels. Since I was regarded as high-functioning, I was told that after I'd mastered walking and talking and showering by myself, <coughs> the focus would be on assessment. I'm... lots of assessment. In other words, they wanted to determine exactly what sort of disabled, overeducated vegetable I was going to be. Assessment means testing, and I was no stranger to taking tests. I'd loved it in my pre-trauma existence, but now the stakes seemed much higher, and I soon had an unshakable sense of myself as a failure. My self-esteem was further undermined by lots of people telling me what to do around the clock. You know I love that. 
and a strange assortment of persistent fears and worries that filled my thoughts. I worried that I was going to miss a day somehow. What? It's Thursday? What happened on Wednesday? Where'd it go? Or get hysterical if I realized I didn't know what time it was. I hated being alone. Ever. And this place pencil could bring me to tears. And let me emphasize, no one's ego has ever started to soar as long as they required an escort to go to the bathroom. And here's something you need to understand. <clears throat> as good and vital as they are, as much as we need them and owe them, hospitals are not the best places to heal. This is true for many reasons, not the least of which is that as you get better, or think you're getting better, you want out of the hospital. Maybe you're not ready to go rock climbing or swim the English Channel or resume your career in theoretical physics, but if you can feed yourself and construct simple sentences, you're ready to leave. And odds are, the good folks at Our Sisters of Flagging Mercy are ready for your departure too. <laughs> I know a nurse who's resisted many offers of advancement and promotion and increased income, all if she leaves her work in surgical recovery wards. This, of course, is the land of gaudy, gauzy silence, where patients spend their most immediate hours after leaving the operating table comfortably mute in the pillowy bosom of noble pharmaceuticals. <laughs> when asked why she turned down chances for money and positions, my friend says simply, I like my patients. What's so special about patients in surgical recovery, you ask? They're quiet. Once everyone agrees you're headed for outpatient status, things really ramp up. Therapy intensifies, and there's no time for frivolity. Every evening, when the night nurse asks if there's anything else I needed, I'd say, Yes, a vodka martini with extra olives. Tolerance for the banter ran out when everyone else in the brain trauma wing took to ordering cocktails too. Similarly, my caretaker is predictably dour when a drop in my blood pressure had dictated that I be given an IV. There's not much else I can do, she said flatly. I responded with, Oh. So, I guess working on those one-handed cartwheels is out of the question, huh? She considered this for a second and then asked without humor, Is that what they've got you doing in therapy? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm actually not in therapy. I'm just preparing to audition for clown college. On one occasion, my therapist insisted we play catch. I'm afraid it looked more like an oddly mean-spirited game of dodgeball. Later on, she gave me the test of trying to walk the aisles in the hospital's cluttered gift shop and not bump into anything. Hell, I couldn't have done that the day of my life. Finally came the day when I was declared an outpatient. Now, lest you overestimate the magnitude of this liberation, let me emphasize that being an outpatient is rather like being on parole. The tether is short, your circumstances are limited, and lots of people have their eye on you. So, I'm free. Free to stay in a patient friend's house? There's ugh. Huh. Free enough uh, to have my own room and bathroom enough to only require the presence of a shower chair and the rented wheelchair, I'm happy to report I used but a few times. Most importantly, it was only now that I realized just how fiercely determined <coughs> to recover and recover totally I really was. Finally, I was on my own and getting better. It really didn't involve jumping through hoops or pleasing someone or even trying to do enough just to shut some up. Now, I was playing for cute and playing for me. That made all the difference. Outpatient therapy offered its own brand of hilarious course. I sorted screws and wing nuts in the box, 
and thought it not much different from a tech theater class years before. There is a computer exercise entitled Tower of Hanoi. Cheery, huh? That involves stacking monkeys of various sizes atop one another until the topmost creature could reach the apple that dangled above his head. Two questions came to mind. One, is Hanoi renowned for its plentiful orchard? Secondly, it bothered me that the bottom monkey never got to eat. Personally, I'd never allow a group of friends to clamber on top of my head if there's nothing in it for me. I kept this opinion to myself. I did not remain silent, however, in performing a response time test, which they told me would determine if I'd ever be allowed to drive. On the wall, they, pro- they projected a giant grid divided into several squares. My assignment was to press a button every time I saw a light pop up in any square. Unfortunately, they discovered I was actually trying to predict which square would light up, sort of testing the test. Firstly, they switched me to a computer exam and reminded me that my future as a driver depended on the outcome. This time, I was to stare dutifully at the screen and pound the space bar each time I saw the letter E. I remarked that I'd driven for years and years and never, ever seen a giant E lunge in the oncoming traffic. Again, they were not amused. <laughs> Many of the therapeutic activities concocted for outpatients seem like bizarre hazing rituals. You know, do this stupid repetitive thing for no good reason until we decide if you're good enough. At least pledges get drunk. The first time the therapist told me we were going to attend an outing, I was really shocked. After all, I've spent a big chunk of my life in the theater and among theater people, so that verb had a very specific meaning to me. Who was going to be outed? Another patient? That seemed unnecessarily cruel. Once again, I paid the price for thinking too much. Our outing was simply a van full of brain trauma patients dispatched to the grocery to gather ingredients for next week's occupational therapy. I like to look back on this period and believe I was pretty stoic, if not outright tough, triumphant, testament to the human spirit, or displaying other qualities well suited to a movie on lifetime. But one afternoon, after an especially rigorous battery test designed to improve my processing speed, I lost it. I really did. I was trying to assemble these blocks in a prescribed pattern, and it was simple, and I could see it in my head, but I couldn't make my hands do the work. And so, meltdown. I was sobbing all over the goddamn blocks, and the therapist, she's great. She spoke softly, and she said, Does anyone ever explain exactly what happened to you? Did they tell you? And of course, no one had. They told me I'd be alright after they told me I wouldn't live through it. They told me not to mind someone taking me to the shower or feeding me liquid pie. They told me there's no substitute for hard work. Not to be too hard on myself, but I just needed to ask a few questions, and that sarcasm had no place in the therapeutic process. They told me that I was doing great, that I needed to work harder, that I'd be good at the news, and that I'd have to accept my limitations. They told me that they needed me to take just one more test, one more time, just give it one more shot. And then they told me not to cry. But nobody ever had explained what the hell went on in my head. When my head blew up, what really happened? Well, this woman with a soft voice and soft hands, she did. She showed me a picture of the human brain and explained what a three centimeter 
centimeter bleed was. And it occurred to me that I should quit crying and become aware, make myself aware of just how lucky I was to be walking and talking and have enough cognitive power to cry and get so goddamn mad because I couldn't realize what my stumbling blocks were. That's the distance I traveled so far. A sense of proportion is a very valuable thing. To see things in scale to the world around you. See, I mastered those damn blocks. And my family and friends, so great. Accompanied me through countless games of boggle and connect four and jumble word puzzles. I did them all. <laughs> well, the results of my last test in outpatient therapy suggested that I may never be able to pass a time test like the SAT or the GRE. I think I'll get by. I've even reached a point of being philosophical about the way I left that bewildered audience back in New Mexico. It had to have been a weird evening for them. I'm sorry, but, you know, I've let myself off the hook for that one. And honestly, that night, <clears throat> I'm strange and unnerving and troubling as it must have been. really wasn't even the stupidest thing I've ever been a part of on a stage. That would involve a musical. Sont belles. Je lève mon père à ma santé à la tienne Et puisque le son est bon et que les 
baby girl. Thank you for giving a brilliant <laughs> opportunity to say what's up to my little shorty, Irene. She'd be tripping sometimes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me start. Hey, Irene, boo. Let me holla at you. By the time you read this letter right here, I'm going to have your ass on lock. <laughs> Who you think you is, Miss Thang? Your covered I've been blown. I was watching the news last night after you just done took off from eating thin the other day. They showed you bearing your ass across nine different states. What? Mm-hmm. I seen you. And big flashing letters on one of them damn channels. T.S. Irene lashes out all across New England. You got put on blast. Now, just how you just going to get up and jump out of my establishment anytime you get getting ready to. And then toys is property of Eden. Not you. You heard? Eden. That don't spell Irene. Your name and on none of them whips and chains you out there fling around, flinging at people like you ain't got no home training. You done lost your mind. Your husky is past due. You heard me? And what do you do? You hightail it out all the way to the other coast, messing with my demographic. Oh, you fancy, huh? I'm keeping tabs, Mama, and you'll be working your highfalutin tail off as soon as I Google Earth your current location. Say I won't. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Racking up all these bills, living a life of loosey-goosey. You still ain't no porcelain. We both know this. Apologize. You know you ain't right. I seen you twirl around and rain on everybody parade. Just wait. You got yourself a lot of explaining to do. And quit crying all day long. We ain't got time for your tears. We want you to sit your ass down. Dry off. Go get you some Claritin and leave folks alone. When we done handling the situation, we putting you right back on Greyhound from whence you came, baby girl. Now go get you some rest and call me tomorrow after you figure out what the hell is wrong with you. Yo gangsta truly, one love, Sir Master P-I-M-P, Duke, doggy dog. Thank <laughs> you. 
same type game, the type of girl giving out the fake cell phone the name. Big fame, big she fame. like cats and big things. Jewel ship, money clip, phone flip the six range. Has seen her on the ass spotted her more than once. Ass so fat that you can see her from the front. She spot me like paparazzi. Shot me a glance and that cat woman stands with the fat booty pants. Hot damn, what's your name, love? Where you came from? Neck and wrist lace up, very little makeup. The swims at the Reebok gym tone your frame up a sugar and spice. The only thing that you made up. I tried to play a low key but couldn't keep it down. Asked her to dance and she was like, yo, I'm leaving now. An hour later, sounds from Jamaica. She sipping Chris Data, taking my little waist up. See. My fans throwing a jam, Farid is on the stand, big things is in the plan The brother Big Moon makes space for me to move in here, yo, this my man most Baby, let me introduce, I turn around You was the same pretty bird who I had priorly observed Trying to play me for the herb, shocked as hell, she couldn't get it together I just played along and pretended I never met her How you feeling? No, I'm fine, my name is Moan, I'm Sharice I heard so much good about you, it's nice to finally meet He moved to the booth, preserve her crew, especially your honey love ended up to Directly next to me I'm tight polite But now I'm looking at her skeptically Cause baby girl got all the right weaponry Designer fabric Shoes and accessories Chinky eyes Sweet voice You want me mentally Be conversated Made her laugh Yeah you know me bro Even though I know the CeeLo She wild sweet yo I'm about to murk I say peace to the family She hop up like How you gonna leave Before you dance with me Dance with me She blew my whole head with that girl I was like what I played it low I was like yeah Alright come on then Let's go Don't be coming right, I understand, I'm feeling you Besides, can I have a dance, ain't really that original We laughed about it, trace the arms across my shoulder blades They playing lovers rock, I got to fold the fingers on the waist Heating my butt up like the Arizona summer song finishes She whispered, honey, let's exchange numbers in three We debating late night conversation in the crib Heart racing, trying to be cool and patient She touched on my eyelids, the room fell silent She walked away smiling, singing Gregory Isaacs like
Sexy Naked Girls Radio listeners. Have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me, Sandra London, on Playtime with Sandra every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.